You're listening to Once, Episode 12, Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. Welcome back to Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. I'm Jenny. And we are four friends who are liking this TV show Once Upon a Time. And I said liking <laughs> specifically because I don't want to speak for all of us and say loving since one of us, Dan. Yeah, you're glaring at me right now. <laughs> didn't like this episode very much. Evil eye. Uh, I mean, I liked some of the outcomes and stuff like that. I was disappointed once again with the way the script was written, some of the corny lines, and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's a kid's show, you know, for kids too, and sometimes it's feel like it's for adults only. <laughs> well, you're right. Yes. On both. <laughs> it, it is intended to be a family show. That's why it's Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and that's why it's on ABC. It's not quite like on ABC Family, but it is... It's intended to be partially family-friendly, too, and for families to watch together. It's not, like, lost. It was. This is a completely separate show. Although it has its moments of not-so-family-friendliness, but yeah, true. for the most part. But I just wish some of the scripting and the words and, and the... Yeah, the characters are great acting on silly, corny words, but just yeah. I wish the script was more thorough. Yeah, they do. I mean, they do have some... Honestly, and this is a sad commentary on TV today, but they have better dialogue than much of the rest of what's on TV, just not quite the quality <laughs> of most of the things that I tend to like. That's why I don't watch much of the rest of the things that are <laughs> exactly. on TV. But the dialogue, though it has its weaknesses, also has its strengths to me, and the rest of the show makes up for it, speaking personally. Jenny, but I hope they pick it up a little. Jenny, what did you think of this episode? I was really surprised by Cindy Glass being a genie. I mean, you know what? I was really disappointed in Regina. I thought we were going to get to see the real Regina before she turned evil. I know. I think she was born evil. A lot of people were thinking that because I'd even seen someone had sent me a picture ahead of time of uh, Regina that they'd seen somewhere. And they had said something like, whoa, look, we're going to see Regina in her not evil state. No, that wasn't the case. I'm going to say that that was where I thought it was well-written, perhaps not the dialogue in all points, but to me, they actually had me going, and I'll I'll expound upon that later. She had us Yeah, for the second time. They did it briefly when they first showed us in a different episode, right after the king died because we thought that we were seeing the queen yes before she was evil for a moment but this time they spent the whole episode kind of i mean i'm sure some people suspected perhaps even before i did that that wasn't the case that she was just playing the genie but they did it again it's like oh nope still not far back enough <laughs> jeremy knows my feelings on regina too because he overheard me when we watched the last episode together <laughs> dan you have feelings for regina <laughs> no i pretty much said i want to bar- 
I want to buy a Regina doll and pull her head off. Oh. <laughs> well, he overheard of me. Speaking of pulling heads off, let's start going through this fairy tale. All right, let's pull all their heads off. <laughs> off with their heads. Which, you know, we're going to see that at some point, probably. I'm so excited. Oh, probably. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. And, well, going through this episode, let's look at fairy tale land first. It starts off <laughs> the genie, which there was that transition straight from Sydney Glass to the genie. Mm-hmm. And I was super surprised to I see Sydney was the genie. I'm glad we didn't spend much time inside the lamp. That was really odd. But <laughs> yes, I was very surprised. And we had talked before and theorized that Mr. Kristofsky was going to be the genie <laughs> because there was that whole thing about the triplicate forms. Right. And we even saw that he was mm-hmm. listed as a character in this episode. Right. And like I read your blog post, which mm-hmm. by the way, check it out everyone over at oncepodcast.com and you can check the blog posts there and many of them written by all of us. All of them written by all of us. But <laughs> I saw, I read the description before we watched the episode and you had listed on their characters, Mr. Krivskovsky. Yep. I thought, you can just call him Mr. K. Yeah. If you like. <laughs> well, I'm happy that I can pronounce it correctly, so I want to pronounce it correctly. It's like I, I, Rumpelstiltskin. I've become an expert at spelling Rumpelstiltskin since starting this <laughs> podcast. I still spell it Rumple in my notes. Oh. <laughs> well, so he wasn't even in this episode. Right. You it, had a good thought on where he was cut. Or yeah, that was, he was cut, though. Yeah, it was, uh, he was probably in a cut scene. So that completely blows the theory that we had out of the water, obviously, because I was wrong. We were wrong. So he comes out after the the king, King Leopold, just brushes the lamp off, which Wait, counts as rubbing it. King Leopold? Where did you come up with that name? That's, did they not say it in the yeah, show? Yeah, he said it. Okay. He did? Mm-hmm. I missed it too. I missed it. Yeah, it was right at the beginning. He said King Leopold. And I think somewhere else in the mm. episode as well. So that, that blows my theory. <laughs> I, I thought he was Aladdin. Oh, because oh, Aladdin in the Disney fairy tale story version is the one that frees the genie. Right. We could still see Aladdin, though, because the genie did say he's done 1001 wishes. Yeah. <laughs> so when Which, the genie comes out. So, sorry, I was just going to say he did 1001 wishes, right? Yeah. Everyone has three wishes. 1001 yes. is not divisible by three. I exactly. I, I did the math on that. Nine thousand or 999 it's divisible is by three. It has to be 1,002. 1, so that means there are two left. When he said that, he, he had just granted two wishes. Okay, How, that's what I was wondering. However, uh, however, mm, when I yeah. rewatched it, like for the third time this week, I saw that. And because I had that theory the first time I heard it, but then when I rewatched it, he was saying that. He said, I have granted 1,001 wishes and I have seen 1,001 um, bad endings, basically. Mm. So maybe yeah. that doesn't count. These maybe days. he's he was using just, rhetoric. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought maybe it was actually an accurate number because it did sound like that. But and did you notice something really cool about the lamp throughout the episode? What's that? When he rubs it, there are three green emeralds. When the lamp finally does the third and final wish, it falls to the ground and has three red rubies. Oh, oh wow. So, like, stop and go. Red agreed. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> That's cool. I thought it was strange that the wish was with the lamp. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, it works. It was just a little weird. Yeah, true. Which I thought it was cool because Rumpelstiltskin keeps that lamp in his, you know, pawn mm-hmm. shop. 
So I'm wondering maybe if it does something else happen, there's another wish. Well, or... And the genie called himself the genie of the lamp. Mm. Did so he? it's yeah he said i've been the genie of the lamp oh. for hundreds of years okay so it's it almost sounds like he's the guardian of the power he's the one that gives out the no power. he's the slave yeah that too the, the lamp <laughs> can't like talk he has to you know he has to be the person that communicates that there are wishes yeah now speaking of the wishes he said that there were limitations to these wishes you're entitled to three wishes. No more, no less. But you must know that magic has its limits. You cannot wish for life nor death. You cannot wish for love. You cannot wish for more wishes. And once spoken, a wish cannot be undone, no matter what the consequences. And this immediately, already we've seen similar things with the limitations of magic. And he even actually said, he referred to this as what magic can't do. But this reminded me immediately of Disney's <laughs> Aladdin from 1992. Three wishes to be exact. And ixnay on the wishing for more wishes. Uh, rule number one, I can't kill anybody. Yeah, so don't ask. Uh, rule number two, I can't make anybody fall in love with anybody else. Rule number three, I can't bring people back from the dead. <laughs> Very logical wishes, or limitations to wishes, but it was really yes. cool that they included that. Kind of like a quick statement of everything we've observed them saying magic can't do through the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. The three rules of robotics. So he gives the wishes and King Leopold can't think of anything to wish for. <laughs> King Leopold this whole time is almost like silly. He almost seems like he's the Dalai Lama or something. He's an enlightened person that just, you imagine <laughs> him chickle, giggling <laughs> or chuckling. That's what they the do scenes. in fairy tale and they chickle. <laughs> well, I just thought he seemed... I don't know. Like a very good king. And I thought it was like opposite of any person you've ever seen yeah. wish for mm -hmm. wishes. So I liked it. I liked yeah. his character. So what did the genie want? True love. Well, first he wanted freedom. Yeah. Then he wanted true love. So when he's looking for love, I think it's funny that the the king says, well, you will find it at my palace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I wonder if the king was actually hoping that the genie would take a liking to snow. Oh, maybe. Because he introduced snow to uh, to the genie. Well, he also introduced Regina to the genie. <laughs> yeah. I don't think That's he was true. hoping that, though. Right. <laughs> Regina. She kept her name. Yes. yes. Someone yes. did notice that in blog posts. She's the only character to keep her name. You know what I think? Through it. I think that's proof that she's the only one who wasn't affected by the curse. Yeah. I mean, definitely, we know Rumpelstiltskin is, was affected in some way. In some way. Well, yeah. he got his comfort. Mm -hmm. He got what he asked yeah. for. I think he's got some clue of what's going on. But uh, <laughs> Regina, it makes sense, too, that Regina kept all her power and she didn't need to hide her past. So why did she need to change her name? Emma's the also the other one that kept her name. True. But because she was expelled uh, yeah, from yeah, the curse point. and she escaped it, she was allowed to. Yeah, Emma's still Emma. She was just a baby. Yeah. Good so, point. Did anyone notice the genie's wrists when the shackles came off? <gasps> yeah. That... I, I actually noticed whenever he was going to... Like, he had the cuffs on at one point after they were taken off. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. I did notice that, and I put oh. it in the notes. So when we get there, I will what say it? something. I thought they looked a little goldish. Yeah, most of, most of what I noticed was when they weren't there, his wrists looked kind of gold and almost scaly, kind of like 
the way Rumpelstiltskin started to look scaly gray when he became the Dark One. <laughs> but if you look at it, and we'll have a picture in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 12, you'll see it's actually a pattern. It's not just random oh, like really? veins, but it is a pattern. So it's <laughs> like if a you tattoo. had gold wrists, gold you know bracelets on your wrist for a thousand and one wishes, <laughs> they're probably going to leave some residue. <laughs> Wish residue. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice uh, Regina's mention of the apple tree? Mm-hmm. So oh. she's there tending mm-hmm. an apple tree, and uh, later on, yeah, go. Ahead. Oh, I was going to say. Um, Because I've read a lot of blog posts this past week. Someone mentioned that she thinks Regina's true love is the apple tree. And almost like when Rumpelstiltskin... No, this this is funny. Listen, sorry, whoever said that. (laughs) But also when when Rumpelstiltskin said, you know what you love, now go kill it. I mean, it sounded more of an object as opposed to a person. Mm. Um, he's just being crass yeah i don't know just something interesting because we don't really know about the apple tree but she's tended it ever since she was a child and she loves it and emma threatened to come back and tear the whole thing down and she freaked (laughs) and wondering if it was like the if at least it would end the curse if the apple tree's gone it's the one thing from her childhood from her homeland that's the impression i get is that's why it's precious to her it's the one thing that she carried over from that i think it has more power though than what we yeah yeah true and um, credit to the people over at, I think it was Secrets of Once Upon a Time, either them or the Once Upon a Time fan <laughs> podcast. But um, someone there had pointed out that we've never seen anyone eat one of Regina's apples. That's Th- true. They've because all been he was, interrupted. Because the genie was interrupted by Henry Sr. I know. I'm like, eat it. Just eat it, please. Unless... <laughs> We don't know where Snow got the apples when she offered one to the huntsman. And do you actually... That's true. She ate one. Mm, That's true. She took a bite anyway. I was going to say, too, though, the fruit of the poisonous tree. Do you know it was actually referred to as the fruit of the poisonous tree in this episode? Yeah, it was just referred to like a legal problem Mm -hmm. that uh, it was referred to in Storybrooke. Right, yeah. um, basically, yeah, the uh, illegally obtained evidence. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting because you immediately think of the the apple. I think they're right. just trying to do a correlation between both worlds. I found it, by the way. The genie was wearing his wristbands or his wrist cuffs things when the king asks him to, asks him to find the man who's stealing the queen's heart. And he's not wearing them again huh. when he's killing the king. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I wonder if he wears it as a sign of submission to the king in some way. Service, maybe. We'll have some pictures of that in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 11. Or they filmed the scenes out of order and it's a costuming error. (laughs) Do you wonder who the king's first wife was? Yes. At first, I was wondering, is it Jasmine? Because that was my theory. I thought he was Latin. (laughs) But that that theory has a huge hole in it now. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. Whoever it was, was the fairest in the land. And because that's what the king says to Snow later, is he says, uh, yeah. you, like your mother, are the fairest in the land. Which I think that Regina killed the mother too. Probably. And then she took the spot to get close to the family to kill the rest of them off. Crackpot yeah. theory. Yeah, go ahead. Rumpelstiltskin's ex-wife. Whoa. <laughs> the timing might fit. Maybe. I don't know. His story was well, long ago? No. Why not? No, no. Actually, it, w- it couldn't fit. Why? Because... Too long ago? Yeah, I think so. It 
I thought we would see what Snow White took from Regina I in this too. episode. And some people say we did. Some people say we didn't because we do see the king says you are the fairest in the land to his daughter and that the king couldn't love Regina. And she knew that. And this was another point where, again, maybe not the dialogue itself, but this scene was the very first time I kept thinking maybe they were going to do away with the whole fairest in the land thing. But in the pilot, Snow said she tried to kill me because she thought I was prettier than she was. So I knew they had to bring it up somehow. And here was the first time they've made it. They made me see something where it made any sense that that would even be an issue to the queen because it just sounds too trite for the way the story has gone. Mm-hmm. But that one scene, they just opened the whole thing up in my mind. I went, oh, wow, it could actually be something I could understand in this story. There is a reason that who is the fairest could matter to her. I still think there's something else because remember when in this, the Heart is a Lonely Hunter, Regina says, or Evil Queen says to the huntsman that Snow White couldn't keep a secret. Maybe that secret was about the genie, and that's what inspired the king to read Regina's diary. That's what I thought, but But, I'm pretty sure the secret relates to whatever Snow took from her, and this wasn't it. I think that she pretty much set that whole thing up from the start to give, to let them read the diary and let them accuse her. Yeah. Yeah, she had the whole plot laid out. We already know the queen killed the king as part of her plan of revenge. Mm -hmm. And the genie was how she did that. So that whole thing was her orchestrating, conning them, conning him into killing the king. And conning us into thinking this was (laughs) before she turned evil. Yeah, so this is all very quickly, though, before Snow White has to run away. Because father dies and we know that snow white has to run away like a couple days after the father dies within a couple days so it's it's all very close in the timeline here by the way did you notice um regina associating the tree as uh the two things they had in common well the tree and i share something in common Neither of us can leave the palace, and neither of us truly belongs. I thought she was being so sincere. I did too, but that's why I also think that just makes my little idea of her and the tree sharing a bond that completes her power of the curse and everything. I think there has a connection with it. So we've seen, we can assume why the evil queen married the king, but why did the king marry her? Well, maybe she just wooed him. And maybe she wasn't evil. Maybe that the marriage predates the evilness. Maybe not, though. I don't know. I think she has these moments of sincerity. She may have been sincere about the tree. She may have been sincerely upset by what the king was saying to Snow. And I, she was sincere when she was talking to Hansel and Gretel's father, wanting to know why the children refused her. And she looked sincerely pained when he answered with family. So there's something, you know, she's not just flat out, I mean, she is flat out evil, but you know what I mean. <laughs> she has, she, she still has these emotions. She's, she's shown them with in Storybrooke them. too, where yeah. she, she gets emotional over something. Right. And I think she was actually somewhat sincere when Snow, when the king, yeah, talked to Snow, but afterwards she just used it. Right, exactly. 
just deals with everything in pretty much the worst way imaginable. Yeah. Right By the after- way, I, mm-hmm. I just want to give credit to Marissa is the one who had sent in the picture before this episode aired, the picture of Regina all in white and thinking that maybe it was the Regina as a good girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for sending that in, Marissa. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> girl. <laughs> I was going to say, too, uh, when Regina's father comes up to the genie, how did he know that the genie was the one who stole his daughter's heart? He didn't. He, ref- I'm bl- pretty sure he says, if you, he basically, yeah, he yeah uh, says like something like, if you truly love my daughter the, the way you've, I don't know how it went, but uh, he definitely knew that he was the one, which, I mean, oh. red alert. Oh, you mean <laughs> Henry going Sr.? On. No. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, Henry Sr. Henry oh, yes, Sr. Henry Sr. Yes. Oh, well, she, she, she probably made that plan with him. How else would yeah. he know to yeah, get that just, snake? I was thinking all along until just now, in fact, that he was kind of innocent in it, that he really believed this was just going to free her. But so the father's evil, too. He's the been, whole family's evil. He's supportive. He's way too supportive. Yeah. I mean, even even when she was getting ready to kill him, he was kind of like, uh, I know this might sound self-serving. Heck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should reconsider killing me. I, I mean, I was just screaming, maybe, I don't want to die! I don't, yeah, he's just, I'd rather not die. He's her way too, yeah. I don't know what the right word is. The king had said, love makes people do foolish things when referring to his wife. And I wonder if maybe... That is why that was some indication of why he married her in the first place, that he was just Mm. in love with her in like a way that wasn't wise. And everyone was telling him, don't marry her, don't marry her. But he felt like, oh, I'm in love with her. And he married Mm. her. And then he later realized it was a foolish thing. It could be. Look what the genie did. And then he realized the church would not let him do a divorce. And oh, wait, that's that's different history. (laughs) Well, it was till death parts them. So... (laughs) But not quite a good way. <laughs> Did you guys notice his last uh, dying words? Yes. He says, oh, I just had it now. I, ah. He said, you are right. I shouldn't have made a wish. I shouldn't have not, I right. shouldn't made that wish. And I love that because that just, you know, boh, dead. He mm-hmm. says it and can't take it back. And yeah, those are pretty powerful words. I actually thought it was ominous even in the very beginning of the episode. Even the first time watching Jeannie said he hadn't seen a wish with a good outcome. And I'm thinking, the king just made two freeing you and giving his wishes. So what's the bad outcome of that going to be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the the Agrabah (laughs) Viper. uh, By the way, the Jeannie and Aladdin are from Agrabah. And it is a two-headed viper. (laughs) I, I can't really show it in a single screenshot. You have to watch the video, how it slithers out of the box. You see that... Both heads come out and then just the rest of the body follows. And the whole time I'm going, way to go, overzealous CG guys. The script was clearly written for one serpent and you put two in every scene. (laughs) Yes, his. Two hisses. (laughs) Something else, too. I actually got a screenshot of this. Um, When the king confronts the genie of saying, there is a man who stole my wife's heart. Um, the floor in that room shows like a lion mm. and I'm pretty sure it's the lion from, I, I think it's, it's Prince Charming shield or so. Do you remember what other flag had a lion? Um, Cause trying to figure yeah, out was, whose castle it was. It was King George's castle. Basically. Okay. So I'm yeah. thinking it's the same castle because there was a lion on the floor. I haven't mm. done a screenshot. Like comparison I said, yet. 
They don't have lots of money to blow on lots of castles. But a floor is specific and it has a specific <laughs> and, pattern. And it's not like, oh, I've seen that boss before. When I pointed out the similarities between uh, Prince Thomas's and Cinderella's room and Prince James's room, the floor was different, actually, between it. And Regina's castle is like all CG anyway. Mm. So <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of that. And whereas the, that one room... I was talking about Prince James's room. That's a real built room. Hmm. But the Queen's Castle is completely CG. It's filmed on a green screen. Yeah, 90% of the sets are CG. Yeah, which <laughs> actually, when you realize that, they do a pretty good job. They do. For as many, yeah, yeah, it shows a lot of the time. It's only occasionally something about the lighting or something about the way someone moves into the distance. It doesn't mm. quite work right. But most of the time, you don't think about it. Yeah. They do a good job, though, because, I mean, they can change the set around so much that it feels like the story's at a good pace as opposed to oh i've been here before and right i like it now jeremy you'd notice something with what evil queen was saying to the genie of that reminded you of something else here i'll, I'll play the clip so you okay. can remember it you are no longer of any use to me all right she's said something similar to sydney before and it was in episode two or one Maybe episode f- one. Maybe because it was after the crash. I think it was episode two. Whenever she was talking to, to him next to the tree. Yeah, yeah whatever one had the that chainsaw. Was the, oh, it, actually, I made a note that it was from episode two, I believe. But okay. here's the quote: "You found nothing of value, which means you have no value, Sydney. Do you know what I do with things that hold no value to me? I throw them away." She's going to throw them away now. Yeah. <laughs> so the crows in the background, by the way, crows. As I said, I really want that Regina doll and just rip that head off. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about tweeting to Lana Perilla, the actress who plays Regina, and saying, you play your part so well that everyone hates you. <laughs> <laughs> the one last thing I wanted to point out about Fairytale Land is the genie's wish. And it's one of those things like, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Because you don't necessarily know how you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. I wish to be with you forever. To look upon your face always. To never leave your side. <laughs> Oops. Oof. <laughs> and seriously, who wishes that about... I mean, she just was so cruel to him. She completely conned him. I do love what the irony, earth? though, of it. Like, you're stuck in a genie bottle, you get wished yeah. free, and you get stuck <laughs> in a mirror. I mean, it's I liked that. Here's something else really crazy, that he said, I wish to look at you, to never leave your side. To look upon your face. Yeah. For all of eternity, what does he end up as? A mirror. <laughs> so that just emphasizes how conceited she is and stuck up with looking at herself is that that's the best She'll way always be by the mirror yeah, exactly because she's always looking at herself it's which great. also makes me think this whole thing in storybrook going on that he is actually a double agent because the idea of a mirror being reflection it's the opposite of what you really mm-hmm. see so i'm thinking if even though what we see he's still going to be someone different because of the idea of him being a mirror in fairy tale world yeah anything else about fairy tale land before we go on uh just 
did you notice how shocked she looked when he disappeared and once she realized where he was? And then she just <laughs> laughed. She, you know, of course, recovers and goes all evil again, but she was, I don't know, that look, another well, genuine Well, after someone moment. said, I will never leave your side and I'll look upon your face always and then disappears, <laughs> you're going to think you're going to be haunted by a ghost for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, one thing else about the mirror is uh, I was rewatching parts of previous episodes trying to find a certain thing and certain audio clips and i noticed that in the episode when uh when the curse failed and it was the mirror that said go back to where you got it from or uh, something the the mirror knows about where the curse came from Hmm. so that means i'm i know i'm extrapolating here that means that regina gets the curse and exchanges it or at least exchanges it sometime after sydney mm. is there or she simply told him. so yeah or, we've already established that yeah, timeline though so but it could be within these next couple days like while snow white is still around at the castle that's when she trades the curse no wait no 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 i'm sorry the apple doesn't come in until later so there are oh. still Still could. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking as soon as Snow White leaves, that's when the apple comes into play. But no, it isn't. No. So there are still a couple months between. Interesting. But it it's within those couple months now, I think it seems more legitimate, knowing how much time there is, that she exchanges the curse. <laughs> because she has no idea that she's going to need it later on. Right. So now let's go into Storybrooke. Hey, I paid for the little Segway clip. I want to use it. (laughs) (laughs) It starts out at the scene where they're crushing Henry's, or the Henry's castle is damaged, his playground. And Emma says, maybe they'll get Marco to repair it. Huh? Marco is a handyman around town because the first time we see Marco, who was Geppetto, he's repairing something in the sheriff's office. And now they're saying, we'll get him to fix this wooden playset. So I thought that's just cool that Marco is still That was cool. I forgot uh, he was carpenter and worker. That's cool. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. And uh, this is, I think this is one of the scenes that really made me get ticked off with Regina. Her whole attitude with Emma saying, how about you look at Henry's safety and man, your judgment's clouded. Basically, he's shouting all those things at her. Yeah. Yeah, Everything she says, like every argument is throwing like someone else in the spotlight. Like she doesn't take the blame for anything. Mm-hmm. That's what really gets you see me. You me as a villain, Miss Swan. But that's just your perception and you're wrong. Learn your place in this town or soon enough you won't be in it. <laughs> She's all about throwing those threats out there. Yeah, let's all get Regina dolls and rip the heads off. <laughs> Lana so, Perilla is not going to like this episode. I'm so glad I go to bed right after and it's like late because that way I can sleep off my anger. <laughs> what's What's also interesting in the same scene is just before this, Emma says to Regina that Regina killed the thing, destroyed. destroyed the thing that Henry loved. Mm-hmm. It's like killing loved the thing most. you love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the interesting irony there. Well, that's <clears throat> when we get there. <laughs> that's what Sydney says about her. Mm, Later yeah, that, on, he says that's what she does. Yeah, she she destroys. She destroys what people love. And 
knowing knowing how it ends, my question rewatching it was did he still mean that? Does he still does he really believe that? No. He was in love so? with her. Did, did you just, did you see that <laughs> at well, the end? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> I'm pretty so, sure he's still like star starstruck. So there was whatever, this, starry-eyed. There was this head castle scene and then Mary Margaret gets a text on a phone that is not typical of phones that most people are putting in TV shows these days. Yeah, old phone. Yeah, like maybe... Uh, oh, yeah, the time change. Pre-iPhone, like maybe 2007-ish. What? Yeah, <laughs> I would say it's 2004-ish. Well, it's... Well, it's, that phone was It's like a of, standard but, feature oh, phone. Yeah. Now, you can still get you phones. Can. Well, no, wait. This was like a monochrome screen. I, I had so a phone yeah, like that briefly. It was... Yeah. That's, and the iPhone came out in what, late 2007, I believe? Uh, no, maybe not, 2009. Not right? everybody wants an iPhone. Emma has a BlackBerry. Oh, right. But she came from the real world. Well, it's all 2007. Which I I'm think. curious what kind of oh, BlackBerry it is. July. Like, is and BlackBerry. right, not everyone wants a smartphone, but it seems that unless there's a specific reason not to, TV producers like to put some sort of smartphone with everybody these days. Yeah. So anyway, that I mentioned that for a reason. When we get to my later uh, crackpot theory slash predictions. In our, in our chat room, uh, which, by the way, we do this live. Our schedule is changing. After this episode, we'll be doing this live on Wednesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But in the chat room, Stardust pointed out that the iPhone came out in June 2007. 29th, I believe. So it came... <laughs> well, that's why it's said July. It got released in July. It was announced in June. Yeah, Apple fanboy <laughs> in the making over there. No, I have an Android. I, I knew Android. it was somewhere around so, there. So Henry thought <laughs> Regina didn't know about this castle, and then she just drives right up. But that's where he keeps the storybook mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to hide it under the mattress. And he's like, "That's where the first place." He actually says, "That's the first place the evil queen would look." He doesn't even call her his mom anymore. I love it. He wants to get a Regina doll too. Yeah. <laughs> if if we ever got him on the show, we would need to buy some Regina dolls so we could all pop off the heads together. That's- all really those. morbid. <laughs> I wonder if they actually sell them. <laughs> Not yet. Well, I I know of someone on Twitter, and I've retweeted some of their pictures occasionally. <laughs> that is knitting different dolls from Once Upon a Time. I knew it's that really was cool. what you were going to bring up. I don't think she'd appreciate it if we ripped the head off of one of her creations, <laughs> unless it was like a special edition, well, head ripping edition. She could sew it. Use Velcro. By the way, have <laughs> we? Have we? On, off, she could do on, it off. again and again and again. <laughs> All right. We digress. (laughs) Have we ever seen Regina's license plate before this episode? I haven't even seen her car. I was going to say. Well, we saw her car in the last episode. It's a, it looks like a Cadillac. That's only a two seater. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of classic looking. Her license plate is four zero F five T H. Means nothing. No, wait. I'm just kidding. It could mean, it looks like it reads four of fifth. Four, um, four of five. Is four that a five Star TH. Trek Voyager reference? <laughs> like seven of or nine? I looked at it for a while and then I said, I give up. I think I'm just reading into or stuff. Or it could be, yeah. well, the, the fifth part in there. I think it's, I think it means something. Four <laughs> or five. Maybe like this is, maybe she had to go through five. She had five opportunities to make a storybook oh, and this 45th. was the fourth one. It's 45th Whoa. if you actually read it. Sorry, that... 
I don't know. That could be an amazing twist, especially if they don't get to set an end date. <laughs> oh, what if like Storybrooke resets? Maybe she never gets it right. Maybe. Well, what if what if it resets? Yeah, like every now and then, if things start getting out of control, Storybrooke like resets itself. This is the such and such and matrix. We've and so done this and... is the fourth time. That it's reset itself. Uh, crazy. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> theory. Theory. And even if it's true, probably has nothing to do with the license plate, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, any crazy theories we share in here, you're welcome to send us feedback on that. Send it to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call our listener voicemail line at 903-231-2221. And you can also leave a comment on the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 12. But we have a brand new way of leaving feedback on the website, and that is you can send us a voice message, high-quality recording, through our website. Just go to the website. On any page of the website, on the right side, you'll see send a voice message or a little tab kind of attached to the right side of your screen if you're in a modern browser. And it allows you to send a modern message (laughs) 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 as opposed to modern fashion. (laughs) So moving on from this, uh, when, when Regina or when Emma and Sydney get together, which by the way, he played drunk really well. And this whole episode, I might've actually been drunk. (laughs) Well, you remember what he says later on, if you can't beat her, Drink. Drink. (laughs) 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 All through this episode, I thought, man, Sydney just does not seem like he's his normal character. The writers are doing a terrible job this episode. He just does not seem like Sydney. Has he ever had any substance before? He seemed like a weakling when he was running for mayor. Vacant, even, I would say, robotic. Yeah, because when Regina said, well, I'm nominating Sydney. Or Sydney's running, and he says, you are? I am? Yeah, I am. Oh, I am. She, he's definitely uh, her puppet. Mm-hmm. And right. he was, like, going all rogue in this episode. Yeah, and I thought, it just doesn't fit. So then, at the end, when we see that this was all part of a plot, then it's like, oh, that's why his personality uh-huh. didn't I thought, fit. I thought they did a good job of trying to make him seem... Like, he was just fed up with everything. Yeah, I mean, I believed him. I, I kind of was like, what did I miss? When did she, when did he get fired? Yeah, I missed that too. Yeah. Thought, thought I did. But honestly, I've been tempted almost to think that he was not a very good actor because Sidney was so weird, but we see him as the genie and he's so different. He's clearly a very good actor. It mm-hmm. bugs me though, because Emma's got that supposed superpower and she didn't notice that, you know, he was lying. Yeah. Or did she? <gasps> but I don't think oh. she did because... Oh. I forgot about yeah, this, that. This actually came up in comments on some of our blog posts. Here's the thing. like Either she did, and they never revealed it at the end, which usually they reveal at the end that she knew what was going on. Um, and she did really fall. And she made Regina look good, so I don't think she would have done that. But the other thing is the whole idea that love is blinding type of thing, and it gets in the way, causes problems, and her love yeah. for Henry, mm-hmm. that's the final straw. And then she's like, I'm in or whatever that corny yeah. line was. Yeah. yeah. That it was could an be emotional. Yeah. Yeah. That could be the point that she was blinded or it could be that whether now or down the road, we're going to think she's being played and then they're going to switch it back because she actually figured it out. I think she can't stand Regina and she was just looking for a reason to, to do something about it. That and may be. Sydney just gave her a really good reason. I love how when Sydney sat down and talked to Emma, the first thing he said is, 
I can grant your wish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And also later on, he said something else. Um, I can't, I think it was when they were in Sydney's office, which by the way, if he was fired from the paper, why does he still have access to his office and all his office things? They were in his office? Yeah. I didn't know they because were Because there was office. actually an office door that said Sydney. Oh, okay. It wasn't just his home office. It was a building office. When the the title came in, Fruit of the Poisonous Tree, Illegal Evidence, and Emma asked, what are you doing here? He said, what you wished for. Hmm. So twice he's talked about wishes. Also, Mr. Gold even used the phrase, one can wish. Yeah, I noticed that so, too when I wrote down. I wonder if that means those are the only three times we hear the wish, the word wish used in oh, Storybrooke. But Gold is always doing that. He's always hinting like, oh, if only I could say what I know. Yeah. Mm. I think he knows a lot. He says some great lines, too, which I'll, I'll bring up right mm. after the whole, you know, break's gone and into the, the sign thing. But he does say a great line there, too. <laughs> Go ahead and mention it since you set yeah, it up. <laughs> I have to. I have to. <laughs> Basically, they're saying, you know, we, uh, Mr. Glass says, we can't just sit utterly by. And Mr. Gold's like, of course you can. <laughs> He's so, like, straightforward and, like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And it was interesting that he said uh, something about getting emotionally involved. Be careful. Emotional entanglements can lead us down very dangerous paths. I think he knew what was going on, and he was trying to warn Emma in a very, very subtle way. Yeah, because if you look at his face, and the camera focuses on his face a couple times during the city council meeting, which, by the way, Regina must hate these city council meetings now. <laughs> They're not as exciting to her as the uh, Oh, no! <laughs> I'm just... Anyway, Theory. <laughs> uh, the camera focuses on Mr. Gold several times in the audience and the look on his face looks like he knows, man, Emma, you're being played. Stop. When he when she's in the council meeting. Yeah. My when, puppet. When, right, what are when you she doing? Stands up, though, he, he has this slight little grin on his face. I wouldn't call it a grin. It looked more like a just a kind of nah, kind of smirk. It doesn't. I wouldn't call it a grin. I I do believe he's totally against Regina, though. Yeah. So I thought it might it might have been more of like a great. Here we go. I told you to sit idly by. Um, I do think though the whole idea of him saying please and she has to do what he says. If he gets everyone to remember who they are, Regina's curse is broken, and then he can use her as his slave. Ah. Ooh, that Ooh. plays into some of my predictions. <laughs> and um, can we go into the? the police car when they're driving and they're trying to tail Regina after uh, they got the little recording. Do you notice what sign they hit? Yes. Lost <laughs> reference. Yes. Cause it's road 23 and road four. Nice. They point in completely opposite directions, <laughs> which I will write in a blog post this week and describe <laughs> a little interesting thing, which I also heard other people discuss too, but Oh, the, the specifics of those numbers the specifics and, the, and why they're pointing opposite directions. Yes. Interesting. I didn't think about that. I just noticed the numbers, but didn't think about what they were. Yeah. Represent that was quite for lost. clever. I like that. What do you guys think the skeleton keys go to? Yeah. The heart lockers. Uh, well, that's what I, think I was the thinking. Heart well, one skeleton key goes to that box. the box with the, the Viper in it. Right. Cause we saw that, but it's a whole bunch of skeleton keys. Yeah. I also, well, I mean, she, you remember when she destroyed Graham's heart, she had all those mm -hmm. walls. And when 
in fairy tale land. Uh, she didn't use a key. Destroyed Graham's heart. Mm, I thought she did. <laughs> uh-uh. She, she just it up in a key. She just pressed it. Really? In fairy tale world, though. No, she didn't press it. She just held the heart up to it and it opened. No, I'm. Oh yeah, that's true. In I'm saying in the the storybook, she just pressed it. It was kind of like a pressure thing. You just push and oh, it pulls. Yeah. Well, anybody out. can get it. I think yeah. they're for that. I also think too that I'm wondering if maybe the one with the double viper or that snake, um, if. <laughs> This sounds weird, but she's so cold and everything. I wonder if she took her own heart out and put it in there and it's like a protection. <laughs> like that's where her heart is. I think Jenny, you had actually theorized some of this too. That yeah, same thing. That the queen doesn't have a heart anymore, which makes me laugh whenever I remember the quote like that she told the genie, which I forgot to mention, that with every beat of her heart, she like <laughs> I forget the line. I forget the line. I love you more. I with love every you more bit. with every beat of my heart. It's like you don't have a heart. <laughs> Speaking of love, David and Mary Margaret get together for oh. a secret rendezvous their first time like this. Yeah. And they meet at the toll or troll bridge. <laughs> the wine bottle there. It's blurry. It's not quite in focus. It's a little hard to see, but it looks like the number. No, (laughs) that's that's a whiskey. Oh, okay. It looks like the number, the year on the wine bottle is 2006. And it's very common. Oh, expensive wine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, or is this 2007? I think it is. And because we've talked about uh, Henry is 10 years old. We know that Henry was born in either 96 or 97. Uh, Emma's 28, she was 17 in 96. And one other thing in like looking at this just randomly, I pulled a screenshot somewhere in the past of in the sheriff's office on the dartboard when I talked about for the episode, um, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, Uh that piece of paper that looked like it had Hebrew writing on it. There's a date on there that says 2007. Right. So it's it's 2007, but they could have made Storybrook any time. So, yeah, there's no reason, reason to say that 2000 that Storybrook is 2011. Right. But there's no reason not to. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, that's what I'm saying. So, my point in saying that is this is Jeremy's crackpot or maybe not so crackpot prediction number 1. At some point, for whatever reason, we are going to change time frames in Storybrook, oh. whether they skip part of the story and maybe we switch to flashbacks of Storybrook. Or for some other reason, at some point, any they have a whole range there of, what, up to five years, they can jump ahead in the story for even, oh. you know, not as part of the plot per se, but as a different storytelling mechanism. We can, we could pick up, you know, two years later. That's all they have to do. Something major can happen. We yeah. pick up two years later and then the next season, we're finding out what happened in between. Wow. That's a good idea. Why, thank you. <laughs> I have more, but <laughs> no, no, for just, the sake of time. Yeah, just one awesome theory per episode. That's all you're allowed. <laughs> hey, do you guys notice uh, when Emma put the USB and she stole the information? Oh, yeah. She's she, like the best hacker ever, by the way. <laughs> she pops the USB in. And too fast. all it says, this is the searches that she did on the computer. <laughs> land, so, uh, land, sold, gold, property and bam she has all the hidden (laughs) files from mr gold selling the you know land to regina not to mention she jumps in and somehow decrypts them by the way good job just by typing in local users the one (laughs) the one picture of the paper that we get to see that has the address of the land 
you can just barely see the line where it says who the previous owner was. All it says, Mr. Gold. Yes. Oh. You, can, you can just barely see it, but you can see enough that it's Mr. And then there are four letters that look exactly <laughs> like the bottoms of G-O-L-D. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like even on paper, legally, he is Mr. Gold. That's weird. Oh, yeah. And I'll have, of course, a screenshot of that in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 12. How do you think Emma's going to get the book? That is... Because she promised Henry. Yep. That's probably going to be of major thread through the rest of the season. And did you notice the stranger's bracelet? I did. That Mm -hmm. was kind of odd looking. Like the stranger's was, bracelet? Yeah, the stranger's bracelet. I have bracelet. something more interesting I want to talk it's, about the stranger well, later on. The, the stranger's <laughs> bracelet. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jenny. That's what I mean. <laughs> want me to hit him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Why aren't you hitting him? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the stranger's bracelet was a kind of metal-looking thing uh, wrapped Thanks. around his wrist, like silver-looking. It was. And I, you know, it could just be stylistic or it could have been... And he also also wears two necklaces, like I've pointed out before. And looking at the screenshots more closely, we can see now what they are. One is a very decorative... Looks like a tooth. ...kind of ornate... Like a wolf's tooth. ...cross. I was referring to the ornate cross first. The other one looks like a tooth. But really, I think the other one looks more like a talon, like an eagle talon. Hmm. Because it's too, it's way too big to be a tooth. I watched on Hulu. I don't have high res to see. The other one was a cross. Sorry, I forgot there was yeah, two. It's, it's like a very ornate orthodox cross-ish kind of thing. It looks like a leaf from a distance, but when you look at it closely, you can see it's just has lots of flourishes hmm. around the top of I it. I thought the bracelet was really blingy. Yeah. I thought it blingy. had a lot of bling on it. This dude's got bling, yo. The other one, though, I thought maybe it was like a wolf's tooth or something. But I do think we haven't heard of Dr. Whale in quite some time. Mm. I think he is the wolf because he remember when he and Mary Margaret had their little date or something. Yeah. He was staring at. Uh, or it could be Red. a pig because that's what you call men who stare at pretty women. <laughs> yes, but she is Red Riding Hood and I think he's the big bad All wolf. we need to do is hear him whistle at ruby what's the whale connection and there'll be wolf whistle and easy wolf whistle whale at the moonlight that's a wolf whistle (laughs) oh dear no i oh oh my i didn't know that was wolf whistle Uh, we're 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 jumping around a little bit on storybook here but i want to bring us back to (laughs) trying to go through this chronologically when um when regina or when emma i keep wanting to say regina when emma and (laughs) Sydney were in Mary Margaret's apartment <laughs> looking through all of the boxes. I love that quote. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes doing a bad thing for a good reason is okay, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe you're doing something wrong, but if it's what's meant to be, if it's what's right, does that really make you a bad person? <laughs> I just love Mary Margaret. She, she has the cutest way of saying things. She downs her cocoa after that, too. Like, okay, I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's why I want to talk about to you, Emma. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, she's definitely, I think, that's why I was saying, like, she doesn't feel they guilty. had some clever lines here and there and stuff. Overall, I wish some of the the, the script was a little bit better, but, um, I yeah, she did a great job with that scene. I really like her. She's a great actress. And again, it's so different for her and for David because it's not what was meant to be. It's what is. They are married. 
they only don't know that because of Regina. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so sad for the whole situation because they're married and, and they're being forced to think that that David's married to someone else. and Stealing just, everyone's happy endings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, something else. Uh, I guess I forgot <laughs> to put this in order. Um, light bulb. <laughs> yes, light bulb. Uh, going back to the, the council, do you remember when... Regina builds the playground mm-hmm. and she throws Emma's plot out. She says, I found this in one of my son's books. It's yes. inspired by the drawing I found in one of my son's books. And I'm thinking one of my son's books. Okay. Did she, has she actually read the fairy book? Yeah. Because we saw that in episode but the two. Were, the pages were missing. Yeah, she yeah. Took it. The Emma pages were missing. Right. Yeah. That's right. And she does say sometimes that Henry thinks I'm an evil queen. or And it looks the the playset they build looks like Her, Evil Queen's yeah. castle. That looked like, like a that. hazard. Which, yeah. <laughs> like all the pointy things coming up. Maybe I was it's like, made of like old tires thinking? or something. A child gets impaled. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I was like, that looks dangerous. Storybrook's safest new place. <laughs> There's no way that costs Which, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. By the way, like it's made from scrap metal. While we were watching the episode with Jeremy with us, Jeremy, you pointed out and asked... Doesn't Emma just look at the dimensions? And there oh, are right. dimensions on it. There's a spot that says four feet, one inch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Mansion! And, it, and that spot is like half of the thing. <laughs> four yeah. feet, one inch. So the whole I thing is like 10 feet. Kind of wanting to be blind to what it was and just wanted to hold on to her. Hate. Exactly. Yeah, they were rushing into it. And like she said later in their regret speech, while they were, you know, if you can't beat her, drink that part, she said, we saw this all along. We just didn't listen. Yeah. And I like how it. she admitted to Henry that she messed up. And I like how she's respecting Regina's roles. Mm-hmm. When Sydney was listening to the recordings, by the way, that's a Marion's PMD 220 professional tape recorder in there, okay. which is a real product. I looked it up. You can buy it off eBay for like $20. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In case any of you want to be just like your favorite characters in Storybrooke. (laughs) (laughs) Although the ones on eBay look much better condition than the one in Storybrooke. In Regina's office, (laughs) right above the door into her office, it has the word magister. Mm -hmm. Makes sense for a mayor's office there. Oh, I think it also means, doesn't it mean like wizard or someone powerful? Yeah. I looked it up, but Mm -hmm. I forget now. Yeah, that's true. I meant to look it up. I wasn't even thinking about that. I didn't. But like magistration, magistrate, all of that. A title or form of address given to scholars, especially those qualified to teach in a medieval university. Well, I wouldn't want her as a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's from Latin for master. Hmm. <laughs> it was cool to see Emma and Henry using the walkie-talkies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I love because Mr. Gold can... Can he predict the future? Yes, right? Yes, Rumpelstiltskin. Right. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin can. So he like knew he that this is going to be something still. important for them. Yeah. Right. I think we're going to see that come into play even more in the future, maybe even in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he really is on Emma's side. He's on his side. Did you also notice, well, this is my thing, so maybe you didn't notice, but when outside of the courthouse and the city council meeting, um, Mr. Gold comes up and he says, look at her, queen of the castle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then when she comes over and she's talking to Emma, crows in the background i i'm almost certain 
every time she's outside speaking, there are crows in the background. And crows, knowing how production works, crows are not something that end up accidentally in a recording, especially this time of year that they're filming this stuff. It's not accidental. So those crows are in the background for a reason. Interesting. Well, what time of job? What time of year do you mean? Sorry, uh, winter ish because they're all in sweaters and yeah. Well, I happen to notice all the color in the trees. I'm like, okay, so apparently it's autumn in Storybrooke now. And I don't think this is a spoiler, but the next episode, which is Sunday after next, is going to be oh yeah correct in our time. It's about it's about to be Valentine's Day in that episode. Yeah, so. I don't know. Seasons it's just a little are... funny thing I observed. Hey, Storybrook is outside of time, so yeah. Yeah, maybe it's outside of seasons, too. Oh, my. Maybe that was their first storm, too, recently. Maybe. So that brought the cold weather. <laughs> maybe because time's been frozen, they're catching up on all their holidays all at once. One thing I noticed a crossover <laughs> between Storybrook and Fairytale Land is in the king's bedroom in Fairytale Land, there's a white statue in the background, and it looks... It's like solid white. looks like it's carved out of ivory or, or marble or something, but it's white. And it looks like a person, maybe two people in a kind of decorative stance. And in <laughs> Regina's castle, in, I mean, in Regina's mayor's office, there are lots of statues in that same style. I was trying really hard to look if there is that exact one on the other side of the table in Regina's office, because we very rarely look from the lounge area over to the table and the one place i could find that in one of the past episodes it was blurry and it looks like it could maybe be the same statue but maybe not but it's definitely the same style like the solid white carved statue looking thing so interesting cool crossover there (laughs) then that last scene the awkward look i think he's still enamored by regina for some reason because that look was like an intoxicated look. Well, I love you so much. It was not the only creepy thing in that scene. Um, <laughs> cough, hand on the knee, cough. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just le- leads him on. She doesn't really care about him. She, she just did wants, it to Graham. wants to have him as a puppet. Yeah, Graham pet. was specifically a pet <laughs> specifically. for Re- the evil queen and then for Regina. She treats her pets kind of oddly. And Sydney. <laughs> Sydney was infatuated with the queen, but she didn't feel the same toward him. Maybe now that used him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe now that Graham is gone, she feels like, well, Sydney can be my new pet. Oh, and I think we had a big question somewhat answered in this episode. We keep asking, can she still use her mirrors? Is that how she knows everything? We saw an entire box of pictures of Henry and Emma because she's had Sydney following them. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, she is still using the power of the mirror <laughs> to see everything and to know everything, but not in that sense. The daily mirror. Mm-hmm. That's right. Regina made a good point. She told Emma, you've lost the high ground. Yeah. So, you know, Emma did something that she didn't stick to her standards this time like she did when she was running for mayor. And it cost her because now Regina has leverage. Yeah. yeah. I think this whole episode was Regina making Emma into a fool. Like she wanted everyone to like her again. So Regina got to look like the hero mm-hmm. and Emma got to look like the villain. Jada 30 emailed in to us saying this episode spells conspiracy to trap Emma all over it. 
What a great story and more revealing of the queen's past as well. And come to think of it, we saw Regina being a con woman in both storylines. Oh, yes. She's a pro. And it's a little more subtle and insidious than your move. (laughs) Yeah. A little interesting thing people have talked about recently while they're watching this episode. They're still trying to think of with Mary, Margaret, and uh, David um, getting together who Catherine, you know, what would happen to her afterward if, um, if, you know, he leaves her officially and they go off with, he goes off with Mary, Margaret. Um, people are discussing Frederick. Have you heard of the name Frederick being tossed around? Yes. That when King Midas said, when he took his hand off, he said, careful, remember what happened to Frederick. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone said, well, we might be, see King Midas turn someone to gold. And, uh, you know, somewhere in, in, in a past fairy tale land episode. And then also... You think, think that's what gave the nag the bad attitude? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what people are saying. <laughs> well, like, if thinking, you were turned into gold and then brought back and then you can no, I mean, have a relationship Or your husband was more. turned right. into gold. <laughs> They're thinking like maybe Frederick was oh. Catherine's love oh. and that they'll see her again. Do you think that Regina is finally taking her advice from Mr. Gold? Because you remember when they had that little argument and he said, your style isn't subtlety. Mm. And she was really subtle. With this whole, like, plot to make mm. Emma look like the villain. But I, it seems like that uh, Mr. Not, Gold not, is... Not saying that Mr. Gold was you know, in on this plot at all. Right. Just saying that Regina, after that argument, mm. kind of wised up and thought, maybe I okay. should be a little more yeah, subtle. Yeah, because Mr. Gold is, again, telling Emma, you need a powerful ally. He wants to be her ally. Yeah, That's he when she said no, and he said one can wish. Do we have time in this episode to talk much about the stranger or do we need to save that for our next episode? We didn't even talk about him. Yes, we need to talk about him. We We will make time because we're we're doing good on time actually, considering how long we've gone previously. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So lots of people have lots of theories. I know Dan has some information on some of the buzz about him. I admit I've heard the oh, he's future Henry thing. At first, I thought it was dumb. Then I came up with this whole crackpot theory. I thought it must be him. But then I realized I really think it's more likely that he's the seven-year-old who found Emma on the side of the road. And at first, I thought those things were not mutually exclusive until I realized seven years old. Even if Henry goes through something right now, he's already 10. It really doesn't work. I don't think that... He can be both, but I really think he's the one who found Emma. Which leads into a lot of people mm-hmm. saying that he's Pinocchio because Pinocchio is about seven in fairy tale land. So that way, uh, Geppetto had made the secret door that, like that saved theory. Emma. And who wouldn't try it on their son if this is what... <laughs> that's, yeah. Who wouldn't try and experiment on their son? <laughs> but if this is the only thing that's supposed to save someone from the curse, then he's going to try it on Pinocchio. We never hear Pinocchio again. Yeah, Maybe tried it on him, sent him through, then Emma got sent through. She got sent as a baby. Pinocchio was seven. Maybe he became an officially real boy going through... No, I don't know. Well, they did say that he... That it only had... The tree only had enough power to send one. Mm-hmm. But... There is still the the Geppetto connection, so somehow there could be something there. And Pinocchio came from wood type of thing. It also gives the explanation, I think, of when when the stranger first came into town, she says, what's your name? He says, I didn't give it. She asks him a question. He won't tell her. He won't tell a lie. 
He'll just not say it. He'll avoid it completely. <laughs> it also kind of explains why there was a seven-year-old on the freeway. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Could, that, I didn't like it at first, explain. but the more I read it, I'm like, oh, this is making sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that, that is a really good theory. I, yeah. I think he's definitely, almost definitely from fairy tale. He at least has something major to do with it. Well, go ahead and finish Henry, I think it was Henry, says, you can write anywhere. What are you doing here? And he just says, stuff. (laughs) Well, that's because Henry said stuff first. Yeah, that's what he's writing. Which, by the way, that's awesome that Henry is like so desperate to rewrite his stories and try and get all the details down. He's mapping it out. Do you think the the stranger have that? Yeah. Yeah, the stranger stranger had the book book at that point. So, are are you done? Not quite. Okay, go ahead. One reason I I thought that he might be Henry is because he knew where to get the book. Mm. And presume... He's not stalking anybody. I mean, he could be. But (laughs) I thought, well, if he's Henry, he knew where he hit it when he was little. He could still be Henry if he's not also the seven-year-old. Yeah, I liked that idea idea too. It Mm. takes away the creepiness of why he's always talking to Henry and going to Henry and... Especially in the diner. And Henry's like, why do you show so much interest in me? You're showing an awful lot of interest in my book. (laughs) I'm thinking, and I'm sorry, people, I need to liken this somewhat to Lost, is <laughs> we see this character in Lost that wants the island, wants to get back to the island or share. Uh, he wants power, and he knows some things, and he's trying to get back to his source. I'm thinking this stranger is very similar. The stranger, how can you describe him? A fan, maybe? A fanatic? Mm. Or he... He has theories, and I think he's come here looking. He's been looking for Storybrooke for a long time, and he's been looking for the book for a long time. He thinks it exists. He's Mm. trying to find it. Because when he pulls the book out of that box, it looks like, he almost looks like, I found it, or yes, I have it. He Obviously, he wants the book. Or I haven't seen this in a long, long time. (laughs) That could be too. (laughs) But I'm wondering... If he, and this could fit the description of Henry too, Mm. but he knows about Storybrooke. He has all of these theories and he's trying to find it, trying to find something maybe as just a fan of it or wanting to discover, wanting to learn. Maybe he feels like he can, if he knows about the curse, he can harness some power from it. Again, Mm. this could, those descriptions could easily describe Henry in the future too. What stumps me is that Regina said he seems vaguely familiar. Oh. Well, no, that's true. Could that confirm that he's that possibly he's Henry? Henry? Hmm. Because why would the king, the queen say that Pinocchio seemed familiar? I don't know. Or vaguely familiar. Because he was part of Fairytale Land and maybe <sighs> they met at some point? Huh. I have to admit, I do think well, that Rumpelstiltskin's son thing has been obliterated. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> but good. But so is a big uh, bad wolf, that was sort of. Good. But maybe he's someone <laughs> that for some reason the queen has forgotten hmm. because of some sort of magic or other. Yeah. And do you think, regardless of who he is, that he is the author of Henry's book? I don't know about that. I keep questioning that. I'm, I don't think so. What about the notion that he can write and make somehow somehow make changes? Why would to you Storybrooke? say that he seems familiar though, if he's a writer? <gasps> Wait, 
Okay. This, I, <laughs> this is like a self uh, a circular reasoning, but what if the reason he's a writer and the reason he's so desperate to find the storybook is uh, this storybook is because he is Henry. He's forgotten the stories. He's still trying to write them down. Oh wow! So he goes back to get the book to be able to write them down. But then again, the reason why this is circular is because the reason Henry, young Henry, lost the book in the first place is because the stranger took it. That's true. Unless that's not how it happened the first time. Someone also thought well, I'm getting maybe paradoxical. That's not the same book. But I'm like, it has to be because it's in the yeah. same case. Yeah. It's, maybe some. Maybe Regina got the book and Henry had to start writing it down, but somehow he came back from the future and he took it before Regina got it. Good theory. I don't know if they really want to go there, but it's possible. <laughs> I, I hope to take time travel out of this. <laughs> I, yeah. I really don't think they're going to employ time travel, which is probably not. It just doesn't fit this kind of show. So that's why I tend to be a bit negative toward any time travel theories. I was just gonna say stardust in the, um, Chat room. chat room says that she thinks that maybe the stranger is Regina's child. I think that's what she was saying. Ooh, like an actual And that's why she child. recognized her. She also said um, that uh, he him. probably... Him? <laughs> recognized him. him. Oh. Uh, that he probably looked like her lost love. One of those two. The idea of the child might be interesting, because what if that's what Snow took from her? Hmm. Her child. I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. And that might, um, might be a reason why we can still relate to her, him mm. not being Henry, but still her recognizing him. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. I wonder if the queen has actually forgotten what Snow took from her because she took a potion like Snow did, but it was so strong that she still remembers that Snow did something and still hates her. I don't know. We're we're still going to see some of that story, I think. I say we wait for the next episode. Which, I just love oh, that all these questions have come up now Sunday. at this point. No, it's not this Sunday. We have to wait, wait two, two weeks. weeks between oh, episodes. One, one other lost reference I'll mention, uh, besides that one, the sign, the 4 and 23 on the sign. Also, the public records boxes that Emma and Sydney have say that they're from uh, Hall of Records, Section 4, Aisle eight. <laughs> nice, nice, nice little lost tie-in of a couple nice. of numbers. I missed that. I looked at those, but I these are the that. only numbers that they will ever use in the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, everything has to be those numbers. Well, listeners, we would love to hear your feedback, especially right now, because our next episode, since there is no episode this Sunday, because there's some kind of uh, you know uh, sporting commercials. event or oh, really? I thought it was the commercial day. Oh. <laughs> Go we're not Patriots. Big, we're not big fans of football, but maybe you are. So this Sunday, there isn't an episode of Once Upon a Time, but we are still going to do an episode next week of Once Podcast. So check us out Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll be doing a feedback show, and we may even be able to take live call-ins during that episode. So keep our phone number handy and you can send in a voicemail now or save that number for later and maybe call in live. It's 903-231-2221 or you can email us feedback at oncepodcast.com or go to the website oncepodcast.com and look over on the right side for the little tab that says send voice message and you can click that and send a message right there on your computer. It gets emailed directly to us and it's really high quality audio too. 
So just keep your messages short and you may be edited down just to keep it short too. But we would love to include your feedback in the episode. And we've got a lot of awesome feedback from past episodes, some revelations of connecting things and some confessions I have for being wrong about past things <laughs> coming up in our next episode. <laughs> and so, we'll just edit your feedback that you'd leave us to make you agree with us. <laughs> yeah. The title of next week's episode is We Told You So, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably will be because I was wrong about several things. So you'll have to check that out. We'll be live on Wednesday evening, and that is uh, Wednesday, February 8th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time over at noodle.mx slash live. You can also join our Facebook group and you'll get the invitation to that event. It's facebook.com slash once podcast and follow once podcast on Twitter as yes, once podcast on Twitter and make sure that you check out the website at yes, once podcast. And we've got links to (laughs) iTunes and Stitcher and tweet our articles and tweet to us and all of that stuff. And please, if you go over to the website, go to the iTunes button and leave a rating and review for us. We'd really appreciate that. Five stars would be great, but, you know, leave an honest opinion, and we'd hope that five stars would be an honest opinion. (laughs) We're still in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes, which has been awesome. We've been front page there several times in the TV and film section, and we just love what you guys are saying there. We've got some great reviews, and thank you so much to everyone that's been leaving reviews over there. Woohoo! So check all of that out. And remember that you can also follow each of us on Twitter. I'm at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Fleegon, P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm at Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny's Nook. We are so happy that you've listened to this. Again, get the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 12. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And I cannot think of anything... I would wish for. So thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts like this one over at noodle.mx.